But I want to read to you about scripture about a couple of men, two men together. And it's found in uh, Acts 3, 1 and 11, very familiar scriptures. It says, Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who sent Peter and John about to go into the temple asking alms. And he said, look on us. And Peter fastened his eyes upon him with John said, and he gave heed unto them expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, give I unto thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and he lifted him up and immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which set for arms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch. That is called Solomon's greatly wondering. Now my, my question today is when we're going, as a church, get to the place that we amaze people and get them gratefully wondering at the works of God. I want to tell you today, the church is the same church as it was in Peter and John's day. But they may have had something and did something that maybe we overlook. First, let me say that every one of us have a measure of faith. You need to understand that. That sinner out there has a measure of faith. When I was a sinner, I had a measure of faith. What do you mean? How did I get saved? I had to believe. By faith, we're saved through grace. So when we come down to God, we got faith. God puts faith. In fact, Romans 12 and 3 said, For our sake, through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according to God hath dealt to every man a measure of faith. So sometimes when we pray and we ask God for some things and they don't happen, the first thing we want to do is look at our faith. Now I want to tell you something. You don't have to have a lot of faith to do great things. Jesus said if you had the faith of a grain of a mustard seed, you could say unto that mountain, mountain be thy removed and cast in the sea. And he said it shall be done. Now he hadn't called us to move mountains of that kind. That's, he was using this as an illustration to us that no matter how big things are, a little faith to do it. But on the other hand, sometimes I think we're lacking some other things. I know faith grows, and I know we can have holy faith. I know all these things. But let's look at John. He's the one we call John the Beloved. And when you read his epistles, most of the time, I don't know about you, but I, I get under conviction. Because John talks about love. 
and how important love is. God is love. And we're supposed to love as God loves. The question is, do we? Do we love like God loves? Well, that's something that we'll have to figure out for our own selves of individual. John the Beloved, when Jesus called his inner circle together, of the circle, the three, Peter, James, and John, they were the ones that got to go on to the Holy Mount. Many times he called them in. In Mark 3, when he's calling them in 16, verses 16 and 17, in Simon he called Peter. He changed his name to Peter. And James, the son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James, he named them Boangarus, which is the sons of thunder. Now, what does that word mean? It means something worse than having a temper. What it really means, when I looked it up in the, uh, in the Greek, what it really means is causing a commotion. Get so mad, they cause a commotion. You ever been around people that cause commotions? Well, you ain't never pastored. I don't guess you have. They don't have to be angry at very much. They get angrier and cause a commotion. When people are like James and John... It doesn't take much. And most of the time, they miss the mark. Now, I know people that way. Now, this is something that happened in their life. When they were walking with Christ, they're in one of the villages of Samaria. Let me read it to you. And it came to pass, when the time was come, that he should be received up. They've They've been walking all this time. He steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem and sent messengers before his face and they went and entered into the village of the Samaritans to make ready for him. And they did not receive him because his face was as though he would go to Jerusalem. And when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, will thy that we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them even as Elijah did? And he turned and rebuked them and said, You know not the manner of spirit you are of. For the Son of Man, listen closely. All of us can receive this. For the Son of Man has not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went into another village. Now, I don't know what kind of effect that had on James. We don't know very much about James after Pentecost because he was, he was soon beheaded by Herod. But we know a lot about John. John, the son of thunder, turned into John the Beloved. Because when we see things about John thereafter, after Pentecost, It was always about love. See, when we have love in our hearts for everyone, that changes our relationship with God. But I'm telling you, 
If you don't have love in your heart, I don't care how much faith you use. Come on. I don't care how hard you believe it. God acts in love. For God is love. And John was that beloved disciple. John 13, 21 through 27. John wrote uh, St. John and... First and second, third, John, but in, in his time with Christ, I don't think he ever mentioned his name, himself. I don't think he was, and I think that's the way love does us. It kind of it gets us to the place where we are not so much interested in ourselves as we are interested in others. And so John 13, 21 through 27, this was at the Last Supper. It said, when Jesus had thus said, he was troubled in spirit and testified and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you that one of you shall betray me. Then the disciples looked one to another, doubting of whom he spake. Now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples. Do you know who that disciple was? John, whom... Jesus loved. You know why Jesus loved him so much? Because John loved so much. Ooh, I feel the power of God. Simon Peter therefore beckoned unto him that he should ask who it would be of whom he spoke. And he then lying on Jesus' bread said unto him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, He it is to whom I shall give sup when I have dipped it. And when he had dipped the salt, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. And after the salt, Simon, Satan entered into him. Then said Jesus unto him, That thou doest, doest quickly. Then there was another time in John's life. And this is found in the book of John. This is 21 days after Jesus had been resurrected. And it's found in John 21, 20, and 22. And Peter turning about, and this is when Jesus had forgiven Peter and told him, feed my lambs, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. And asked him, did he love him? And each time he said, Lord, thou knowest that I love you. Amen. And when they were leaving, Peter turned around and looked at John. And Peter's turning about, seeth the disciple whom Jesus loved falling, which also leaned on his breast at supper and said, Lord, which is, is he that betrayeth thee? Peter seeing him said to Jesus, Lord, and what shall this man do? And Jesus said unto him, If I will that he tarries till I come, what's that to thee? Follow thou me. I'm going to tell you, that's a good sermon right there. Quit worrying about what people are doing and what they're supposed to do. And let's start worrying about what we did. But here again, it gives you that Jesus loved him and Jesus uh, was that disciple. Now, sometimes we get rebukes from the Lord. How many have ever had a rebuke from the Lord, the Holy Spirit? Man, I didn't know I pastored such a wonderful church. <laughs> if you've been in it long, the Lord rebuked you, okay? 
Now let's look at Brother Peter. The one that when we look at his life, we could all identify with it throughout. While walking with Jesus those three years, Peter had something inside him that the Lord saw at the very beginning. But so many times Peter misused it. So many times. Peter was an outspoken and daring man. I could spend the next 30 minutes telling you things that stupid things Peter said and done. Hello? That's why we can identify with him so much. We have a hard time with John sometimes. He was outspoken. He spoke what he thought. Hello? He was daring. Sometimes he did things right. And after Pentecost, he kind of got his act together. Well, see, Peter was a man of action. And in Matthew 17, 1 through 8, it said, After six days Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John, his brother, and bringeth them up to the high mountain apart, and was transfigured before them, and his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. And behold, there appeared unto him Moses, Elias, talking with him. Then answered Peter, here he is, and said unto Jesus, Lord, it's good for us to be here. Will thou, you know, let us this time build three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elias. You know, there's time to be quiet. It's time to be loud. I remember one of the greatest services that we had in, in this church. Probably happened in 2007. The Spirit of God came down, and this whole church got quiet as a mouse. And then later on, just after a little bit, somebody started singing a hymn, and the church joined in softly and quietly. And we did that three or four times. But I'm going to tell you, the power of God was so strong, it, it would remind me of what it would probably be like when the rapture takes place. Sometimes we think we've got to be loud. Sometimes we have to be still or be quiet and know that he's the Lord too. And here Peter is speaking. And he said, While he yet spake, before a bright cloud overshadowed them, behold a voice out of the cloud which said, he is my, this is my beloved son whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. And when his disciples heard it, they fell on their face and were so afraid. And Jesus came and touched him and said, Arise and be not afraid. And when he had lifted up their eyes, they saw no man say, Jesus only. So, you know, sometimes we have ideas that might sound pretty good. Build three tabernacles. Well, let me tell you something. It's not about Moses, and it's not about Elijah, and it's not about Jerry Lankford, and it ain't about anybody else but one man, and that's Jesus Christ. But there's times Peter done good, and I'm going to read this to you. He was a man of action. He liked to step out. He liked to, just like I just got through, let us build three tabernacles. 
found in Matthew 14, 22 through 23. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get, a, get into the ship and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitude away. And when he had sent the multitude away, he went up into the mountain apart to pray. Now, if he has to pray, we have to pray, right? And when the evening was come, it was, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, from, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when his disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit, and they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And listen to Peter. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me to come unto thee on the water. And he said, come. One word, come. And Peter was come down out of the ship. He walked on the water to go to Jesus. And let me emphasize that. He walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, Boris, he was afraid and began to sink, and he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou little faith, therefore, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of the truth thou art the Son of God. There seemed to be a lot of criticism, and I guess I've used it a lot of times, talking about Peter getting out of the boat and walking to Jesus and losing his faith and sinking, and Jesus had to pick him back up. But let me remind you, he's the only one that got out of the boat. And he was the one that put his faith in Jesus. His one word he'd said to him, come. Instead of all them planks that he was depending on to save him from that storm. He walked. He walked. He was doing good till he took his eyes off of Jesus. And that's a story for us too. We need Jesus. We don't never, ever need to start off doing something for Jesus, then take our eyes off of him. I've seen that a many times in a lot of works for God where people started out doing things for God, and it was great, and they got their eyes off of Jesus and got their eyes on themselves. And guess what? They began to sink. I commend Peter. Because Peter was using what I said was in him. There's a lot of natural things in you that people might criticize, but God can turn them for your good and use them for you. And this is the way it was with Peter. He's outspoken. He gets out of the boat. I mean, he just, he's always doing something. Sometimes it worked. Sometimes it didn't. So what does this have to do with the healing of the lame man? First, I want to remind you, and I'll read it to you if I don't run out of time, that because of the healing of the lame man, 5,000 people come to Jesus that day. 
Sometimes we start out trying to do good for one and God does good for many. Can you say amen? Who was involved in miracle in this miracle? I'm going to tell you who was. Peter and John. Now I want you to listen to what it says. I'm reading to you again. First five verses. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour, and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who sent Peter and John about to go in to the temple, asked alms. And Peter fastened his eyes on him with John. Okay? And you read this a lot of times, you want to you wanna just act like it's Peter, but it, with John. He fastened his eyes on him with John and said, look on us. Now, what did he mean, look on us? He wasn't building himself up, I can tell you that. And this is just an opinion. But I want to tell you what was standing there beside faith. It was love from John and action from Peter. Because when Peter prayed for him, he reached and nothing happened until he reached and took him by the hand and lifted him up. I'm afraid sometimes when we pray, and I may be getting ahead of myself, I might need to turn the page, but I'm afraid sometimes when we pray, we're looking for one or the other. Sometimes we're looking for our faith to do something. But I want to tell you something. I do not believe faith works without love. When you're praying for somebody that is sick or has a need, if you're praying just because you know you need to be praying, you might as well keep your mouth shut. If you're not praying with compassion and want God to really work in their lives, I do not believe God hears it. I think love moves God, and then sometimes action takes place. Praise the Lord. No doubt my man, my, this man felt the love of God from John, and he got action from Peter. Nothing happened, of course, until Peter took him by the hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet received strength, received strength and began to leap and run. Where was he headed for? Wasn't like the nine lepers. You know, the ten were healed, and one of them turned back. He was headed for church. He was going in the temple. You know why he was going in the temple? Because under the law, he was never allowed to go into that temple because he was a cripple. He wasn't perfect physically. I'm so glad Jesus come. The whosoever will may drink of the water of life freely. You've heard me tell this many times. I got a friend named Ken Wiggins. Ken was a man of action. I've seen him pray for a lot of people and a lot of things happen. He was my member in my first church I pastored. He was running a revival in Trafford, Alabama. And he prayed for a woman just exactly like Peter did. 
She was crippled in a wheelchair, been that way over two years. Car accident had severed her spine. She couldn't walk. And Ken prayed for her, and she just sat there. And he said, Mama, you can sit there the rest of your life, or you can get up and walk. Hello? Sometimes we pray for, and things don't happen, and sometimes we need to make things. Ken Wiggins did just exactly like Peter. He grabbed her by the hand and he lifted her up and when he did, that woman broke and run and she run around that church and run around that church and run around that church. God's still alive. But I'm persuaded if Ken had not took her hand and put some action in it, maybe things wouldn't have happened. Now, Ken didn't tell me that story. One of the members of the church told me about this. He witnessed it. He saw it happen. I'm going to tell you, we need love and we need action and to be obedient to God. You know, sometimes it's the person who's been prayed for may be one that needs to take the action. Hello? I've seen God move so great, powerful when people pray for it, and they go back and they start you know, trying to see if they can feel that pain again, and they do. Well, he didn't heal me. Let me tell you something. We, don't, we have to get on his timetable about things. Hello? Whatever the Lord tells you, do it. This world was saved by the love of God and by the action of Jesus Christ going to the cross. You said, oh, Jesus wanted to go to the cross. No, he didn't. He was obedient to his heavenly father. How did I know? He prayed three times in the garden. He prayed one time that his blood became his, I swear became his blood dropping on the ground in his prayer. God, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. But he said, nevertheless, at thy thy word, let thy will be done. So Jesus was action, but it was God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. I don't know where I'm getting across to you, but I'm telling you we're going to have to have love in our heart before God is going to honor our prayers. We're going to have to pray for our enemies. You done all right, preacher. Do you got there? I'm going to tell you something. He loved me when he saved me, but he hated what I was doing. And sometimes we may hate what someone's doing and doing to us or doing to others, but we can still love them through and in God. Love covers a multitude of sin. 1 Peter 4, 7, 8. But the end of all things is at hand. Be ye therefore sober and watch and pray, and above all things with fervent charity or love among yourselves, 
for love or charity, same thing, shall cover a multitude of sins. In the New King James Version, 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says, And now abide faith, hope, and love, these three, and the greatest of these is love. Like God, we can hate the deeds of people, but we need to love people and pray for them with love. Do you think God hates anything? I read in his Bible where he hated a lot of things. But his love overtook that hate. He hates the actions of people. He hates what they do. But he loves them. And I'm going to tell you something. We're going to have to get that place if we do the works of Jesus Christ. We're going to have to learn how to love people regardless who they are. And no, it's not easy. He said, they smite you on one cheek, turn to the other. Sometimes I'd like to be the smiter. Hello? And so would you. But that's not what God called us to do. He's called us to be like Jesus Christ. Jude said, some having compassion, making the difference. I don't know whether I've got to cross you what the Lord's laid on my heart, but I, I want you to understand, when you come up here and pray for somebody, you need to come up here with love in your heart. You need to come up here with obedience in your life. God tells you to do something, do it. I think God said, I think the Holy Spirit said to Peter, get, her by, get him by the hand and lift him up. He needs some help. Come on. That's the way Peter was. He learned how to obey. Jonathan was telling me something. I might have done turned the pages on it, but most Bible scholars never could find where John was put to death. Come up here. Oh, I'm going to put some action in here now. Who was it? James. Oh, James. James. I'm sorry. Acts 10 was beheaded, and that's all it says. It says James was, was beheaded. And I was, I'm reading this um, book on the, from starting with the mar first martyrs going through about Augustine and all them. And what um, the secular scholar said, which I thought was awesome, is when they came to get James to cut his head off, he was in prayer. And when they got him out, the soldiers said, hey, you know, it's time to be executed. And they led him on this procession. And when they did... He had so much love, and there was no fear of death on him. So they chopped his head off, and the soldier that walked with him took his armor off, took his stuff off, and put his head on the chopping block and accepted Jesus Christ, all because he saw that love. And, and you know, and it says that there was a dialogue, and it didn't say what the dialogue was, but I'm sure James led him to Jesus. I mean, I'm, it's positive. But So I just thought that was pretty, pretty interesting, a part of history that kind of just awesome. Thank you. Love. People know whether you love them or not. Children know whether you love them or not. Yes. If we're going to see great things in God, 
we're going to have to have the love of God in our hearts. Stand with me, if you will. Results of this miracle is found in Acts 4 and 4. Because one man had love, the other man had action, willing to obey, willing to do. Said, how be it? Many of them which heard the word this is right after they'd gathered around Peter and John, believed. And the number of the men was about 5,000. God hadn't changed. If we'd get back to loving souls, we so many times do things because we think it's our duty we pray for people because we think, well, I can tell them I've been praying for them. Hello? But sincere prayer is motivated by love. 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 John was full of love. I wouldn't doubt tears wasn't running down his eyes. I don't know. Without love, it's impossible to please God. There's no such thing I find in the scripture as a baptism of love. But I do know one thing, that the, Holy, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. And we can grow in that love. Next time you're praying and you're praying for somebody, ask yourself this question. Am I praying because I love them? Or if I'm praying because it's my duty? Let's pray because we love them. I want them singing. I want us, I, I tell you, we do so, so many things the same all the time. Let's do just a little bit there. You, you do whatever you feel like doing if you want to come down to the altar. But God is in this whole building. He's everywhere. I want us to just take out some time and worship and pray. And let's ask God to let his love be shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. I heard preachers say we need to look for the good instead of the bad. I know there's more bad than there is good. But love covers it all. Yes. Covers it all. I don't know what had happened if John hadn't been along, but I know one thing that he said. Peter said, look on us. Oh, yes. Let's worship God. If you don't think you've got the love of God in your heart like you, ask God to give you some love. Let it become a love of action, motivating you in these things. Go ahead.